Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we will bring you true and inspiring angel stories, as well as modern day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Today I'd like to play some audio of Perry Stone. And many of you know Perry Stone. He's very popular. He's on television. But he's also a prophet. And he's had many visions. And I'd like to focus today on some that are relevant to us today. And so we're going to play some visions of Perry Stone. So without further ado, here's Perry Stone. I have debated for quite some time in my spirit how to share this with people. Because I'm going to be telling you a vision that I experienced, not a dream, but a vision that I experienced about 15 years ago. I wrote it down. Most of my staff have heard me share this a couple times over the years, but I believe it's very possible that we're about to see it come to pass. Now, for those of you who are watching me, there's two groups of people. There are people who have known me for 10, 20, 30, and 40 years who have kept up with my ministry and have heard me talk about times that the Lord would show me something and they would actually watch it come to pass three, four, or five years later. One was a vision in Brooksville, Florida in 1998 in which I saw the trade center shrouded in black with five grayish tornadoes spinning off of the building. And there was papers and computer papers inside of those tornadoes. And there was even sparks that you could see of fire. Now, I had an artist draw this out in 1999. And, you know, I got to the point I was thinking, well, maybe it's a Y2K computer mainframe. I didn't know what it meant. I just knew it looked like the Trade Center. And when 9-11 happened and the two Trade Centers, uh, the planes flew in, the black smoke went up, they both collapsed. And those tornado looking, uh, the dust that looked grayish is exactly what I described for five years to people about this vision. And I didn't know it would be planes flying into the Trade Center, but Trade Center 1 and 2 fell and there was five tornadoes and then 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, the other buildings were completely affected and uh, actually destroyed by that. And so that was something I told five years before. And then there was the the vision of the uh, right off of the Gulf of Louisiana seeing an oil tornado, a tornado of black oil coming out of the water near an oil rig. And I told pastors and friends of mine, Dino Rizzo from Healing Place at that time was one of the pastors. There's going to be a problem, something with oil off the Gulf of uh, coast of Louisiana. And that's when the explosion took place, if you'll remember. And when they showed the pictures under the water of the oil coming out, it was like a black spinning tornado. And listen, I actually drew this out of the five things it would affect that I saw in the vision. And all five of those things literally happened. And I went to Healing Place Church many years ago and preached about the vision. 
We prayed that night that God would find a solution to the oil coming out of that hole where that rig had been. And it was like a week later, I, I, the story I heard was a Christian man came up with the, the way to stop that up. And of course it was stopped. Now there's other things I could share with you, but those are two of the most notable incidents that people have heard me talk about long before they happened. This particular one I've never shared publicly because honestly, I didn't know how it would happen or what it meant. And I say I haven't, perhaps I have at some point, but I don't remember, but I do know my closest friends, and I've got witnesses that's watching me tape this right now, remember me talking about this for many years. Today, I'm going to share with you the empty cities that were in the United States that I saw. About 15 years ago, I went, was in a deep sleep and suddenly carried away by the Holy Spirit to a city. Now, this was a vision. This was not a dream. My office manager, Charlie Ellis, was in a car with me, and I remember clearly driving that car down a road and I could even see trees and sidewalks over here. And there was a city over to our right. And all of a sudden the car came to a complete halt. It was so sudden. I remember it wasn't like a gradual halt. It was that quick. And I said, what just happened? Goodness, what has just happened? The car, suddenly there's no movement. And Charlie said, uh, I don't know. Let's get out and see what's taking place. And we got out of the car. And I began to look, and I was in a city. I was in a U.S. city. Now, I'll be honest with you. It didn't, it didn't look like any city I recognized, but it did have large skyscrapers with modern buildings. And I remember looking at it, and to my amazement, all the people were inside, but there was nobody on the street. And I mean nobody. There were no taxis in operation, no buses, no children playing on the sidewalks, no people shopping. I mean, it was like this entire city was completely shut down. I remember that we have, we have to this day, these black anvil cases that we take on the road to our larger meetings. And they carry our product and sometimes electronic equipment we need to tape the services, etc. I remember Charlie and I, and there were several other workers with me, and I would have to go back to my notes to get all of their names. And I remember trying to push the case toward the city and it would not go. I said, we've got to get these cases to the city because there's a meeting plan. We have to be in the meeting. We're talking about a gospel meeting, of course. When those cases did not move, I clearly remember unlocking them and lifting the lid. And instead of seeing my resource product or electronic equipment in the cases, there was a silver trumpet. It was very large. And I grabbed that silver trumpet. Now, we know that silver trumpets in the Bible in Numbers 10 are for the calling of the camp and the journey of the assembly. We also know that silver trumpets are blown on the year of the Jubilee. And so silver trumpets are very significant in Scripture, and silver does represent redemption. And I blew that trumpet, and it wouldn't blow. It was a very long trumpet, but it wouldn't blow, pure silver. I lifted up the second case and I pulled out of that a stem of a trumpet to hook to this one to extend the sound. It would not go. It would not blow. And I'm blowing it toward the city. Nothing's happening. No movement. And uh, there were at least three cases, possibly four. And again, 
I have these notes, and I actually looked for them before I came on to this with you, and I couldn't find them. They're here. They could be with 25,000 books upstairs or in five different desks anywhere. And uh, if I find those, I'll show those to you, the notes that I made that night uh, 15 years ago or so, perhaps a little longer, right around 15 years ago. And I remembered saying to the group, there will be no church meetings of our own, speaking of myself, in this city, something has happened. For many years, especially during the times when there would be a war in the Gulf or there would be an uprising in the Middle East or there would be a, uh, a, a tanker with oil that would have been blown up somewhere, I thought that perhaps, and this is me thinking, not the Holy Spirit, this is me, that there would be a disruption in oil and we would not be able to get to where we're going because Oil prices would be high, gas would be high, people would not be driving. But then that didn't make sense the more I thought about it because even though prices would be high, people should still be working, there should be taxis, there should be buses, there should be transportation available. Nothing's moving. I know that you have seen this the way I have, that China shut down an entire city and all the activity. If people were on the street, they were arrested. There were actually people that were beaten if they were on the street. And people on the inside said it came to a complete shutdown in the city of China where this coronavirus began. But in the United States, we're beginning to see things happen. We're beginning to see the shutting down of ball games, sports events, church gatherings, church events, theaters, universities, all because of this particular virus that is deemed quite dangerous, especially if it continues to spread, because this particular one did not have a particular vaccine that had been prepared, knowing that it was about to come. I believe we're going to go into a season, and this is what I pray. I pray that God will be merciful to us, that God will somehow stop this, this particular virus out there, shorten its length of effectiveness, and have mercy on us as a nation. That's my prayer. That's how we should pray. But in that prayer of asking for help, we need to ask God to forgive us as a nation for shedding innocent blood and for mocking traditional marriage and for taking prayer out of school and Bible reading out of school and not allow, allowing God himself who created us to even be a part of our life. So I want you to hear me for just a moment. I believe if this is the meaning of the dream, and I'm going to always put an if there because we're not there yet, but we could be, that there will be a lot of closures in, in where if this were to spread, and hopefully it's being contained, but if it were to spread or something would come along behind it like a second strand, it would be possible that areas and cities would go on lockdown and people would be confined to stay inside where they are disrupting life as we know it. I never saw the end of this. I do know that each trumpet could represent a month. Uh, I certainly hope each trumpet doesn't represent a year because that would be three years of difficulty. Three weeks, three months, three years, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on what I don't know. But I will tell you this, and I want you to hear me for just a moment. In the Bible, there was a rebellion that arose among the people of God. They rebelled against their leadership, Moses, and they began to criticize and mock him, and God became angry. And God said to Moses, I'm going to plague the people because of their rebellion. 
They're stiff-necked, they're hard-hearted, they're stubborn, and they won't listen to me. And a plague came. And when the plague came, the people cried out to God. When the plague came, the people turned to God. Moses sent Aaron, who was the high priest, to stand between the living and the dead. This is in the book of Numbers, I believe, chapter 16. And he took censers filled with incense. The Bible says the incense represents our prayers in Psalms and also in the book of Revelation. And he stood between the plagued, those who were dying, and the living. He risked his life because that plague could have come on him. But between the dead and the living, he stood between the two. And when he did, the plague was stayed because Moses was an intercessor to intercede on behalf of the people. Let me just say this to all of you right now. This is no time to get political and make this a political issue that some politicians are doing. This is no time for people to be so fearful that they lose their faith in God and they're not praying. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. This is the time for all of us, myself, my staff, and all people included, to turn to God and say, God, we need your help. I hope the president will call a national day of fasting and prayer. President Trump will do that. I hope he will. I believe he's, I believe he's a man that understands spiritual things, and he is surrounded by spiritual people, at least. Many, many ministers and preachers that he have, you know, have his ear. Mr. President, we need prayer and we need fasting. Abraham Lincoln did it, presidents in the past did it, and there's no reason why you can't call it as well. It must come from the top. And let the skeptics criticize, let the liberals rage, because without the help of God, this could go on a long time. Without the help of God, it could be a lot more worse than it could possibly be we need his intervention. And I'm sharing this with you because I felt released that I should and I could. And the biggest thing I will tell you is as a believer, you're in covenant with God. You're under the blood of Jesus. Do not fear. Do not be afraid of what men would do to you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The blood of Jesus overcomes the powers of the enemy. Jesus said, you have authority in my name to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Claim, believe, pray and confess the promises of God. I will be doing some very special updates in the future, and I'm coming into my studio to actually put together some things that I want to make available to people who are interested in deeper study of where we're headed prophetically. I thank those of you who are partners of my ministry, and I thank those of you who stand with us, and those of you that support us. We have 50 staff members working for you on a consistent basis. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. And God bless you. And don't forget to stand in the gap and make up the hedge for this nation. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. We're going to continue now with the visions of Perry Stone. This is Perry Stone coming from our headquarters here at VOE in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, I'm going to share something else with you, and I want you to first understand that the picture that you're looking at was made about 2008, and it has been seen by people in the past. 
Also, what I'm going to share with you was told immediately at a partners conference in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee at the Smoky Mountain Resort publicly in 2008. And I feel like that we're, we could, and I'm hoping not, trust me, I'm, we're praying, our team is praying, and we're hoping that this is not this meaning of what could possibly happen as things seem to worsen in our cities and the coronavirus and the fear of people and the food shortages. And most of you know, every town has people that have just gone in and just about purchased all the food. Uh, there's no meat in our town, for example. Of course, now some of the stores go at night, they shut down and they replenish it. But as soon as they do, it's gone again. So I, it's possible. And I'm very careful. I want to say I'm very careful. It's possible that this could eventually happen and let us pray that it's not. I know I saw it. I know it's a vision, not a dream. Um, and I know therefore it will happen at some point, but it would just add calamity on calamity if it did. Here's the story. In, at the Smoky Mountain Resort in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee in the year 2008, in the summer months, in the month of June, we would have what's called a partners conference with between 600 to 800 of our partners. They would stay at the hotel. There are hotels in town, and we would have a morning service of which I would preach, and then a night service. One night during that time, now all of this is written down, but I promise you I have 25,000 books. I have five offices. I have, you know, 20 file cabinets. All of them have notes in them, and just to try to find this one note is impossible, but I clearly remember it from, from uh, my memory, just my memory bank. Um, in this vision, and it was a vision because it was full color, three-dimensional, I could, I could feel the heat, I could smell smells, I could hear the water. So in other words, when your five senses are activated and it's clear, it's more of a vision than a dream. That's one of the ways you can tell the difference of a vision or a dream. It opened up with me standing on a river bank. There was a river, a wide river that was flowing. Now. A river can represent the Holy Spirit out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, or could it represent, and only time will tell, that these are cities where there are large waterways built near them. Keep that in mind. There was, I saw water, and I, I thought that was interesting that I'm standing near the edge of a river when this is happening. Of course, you know, one of the things I, someone later pointed out was Daniel uh, when the angel came to him, he was standing uh, near a river. Ezekiel was doing the same thing. So maybe there's a connection with rivers and visions. I have no idea. I'm just making that as a statement or a point of interest. When I looked over to my left, I saw the outline. Now, this was not one city. You have to understand it was like a picture, but it was like a movie picture. It was five, I counted them, cities. It was not one city. It was five. And what was happening is people were rioting. And uh, you could see, you know, different nationalities of people, probably from different nations, etc. but people were rioting. And the fires were more in the downtown area. And when I say downtown, I'm talking about the skyscraper area, where the, where, what we would call the, the, the heart of the city, maybe. That's a better way of saying it. And they, would, they, would, they, were, they were throwing stuff. They were breaking windows. They were actually like uh, Molotov cocktails. And all of a sudden, here come a fire breaking up, and they're come, followed by another one, followed by another one, and another one, and another one. Now, metaphorically, a fire in Second Peter, I think it's Second Peter, can be a trial. The trial of your faith is like fire. 
And so uh, this could represent, from the biblical perspective, the city is going through very serious trials. I would prefer that interpretation than it being literal. But in my in my spirit, way down deep on the inside, I feel more like this was a literal burning. It was it was rioting breaking out. And one by one, the cities were set on fire. And I'm just, I'm th- oh, God, help us. God, I remember like, uh, that's a, uh, I'll, I'll show you the man that drew all the pictures in just a moment. But that's me standing there as I described it to the artist of what it looked like. What was interesting is if you notice the sky in the picture is dark. See up at the top, there's the stars because I told him this was not during the day. This was at night. This was happening at night. At least what I saw was night. And I never will forget Larry and Gina Bean at that time had left the North Cleveland Church of God and joined the ministry. She was my uh, secretary and he began to travel and do music and work in our studio and they traveled some on their own and they had just left. And I'm thinking, wow, now this is going to cause some great disruption. And then for some reason I thought of them. And when I looked up into the sky, now this is very important because I really don't believe it just related to them. I saw... It's like a constellation. You know, in the constellations of heaven, you have what's called the Big Dipper. Now, it's not a literal dipper, but you have a star, 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 and it looks like a dipper in the imagination. If you drew lines, it would look like a dipper. So all the constellations have a symbol. So here I saw what's called a horn of plenty. Now, I used to have one in the office, but we couldn't find it. And if you know what it is, they're made of wicker, some t- wicker, or they're made of uh, different material, you know, but it starts out... L- Uh, it's closed at the bottom, very narrow. It gets, it curves and it gets wide and they used to put fruit in it. So at Thanksgiving or during special harvest festivals, and that's interesting harvest because the harvest is the end of the age. Um, In the old days, they used to have, in fact, my wife still has one. She decorates in the fall months with a horn of plenty and it represents food. Don't miss this. It represents food or prosperity. Now I saw a horn of plenty that it was in the form of a star formation appear over this area up in the sky. And then I saw faces of people flash in front of me and the Lord told me, and I remember telling them this at the camp meeting, that God would help provide what would be needed. And and honestly, it would be more of a supernatural thing. Now, I don't know if God was saying, and I'll I'll tell you, when I'm clear with something, I'll tell you I'm clear. When I'm not, I'll tell you I'm not. I'm not sure because I saw the faces of people, if God was saying, tell my people not to worry, I will help them and give them what they need because there's food that goes in there. But I do believe it's possible that if a government assistance like, uh, let's say food stamps uh, don't get there and cities are shut down and they're forced to be shut down, that people are going to absolutely panic that don't have food. And because, uh, and one more thing, and I would prefer someone from his ministry to talk about this. And I hope, I know David Wilkerson's son, and not met him personally, but we've contacted one another about how David Wilkerson, his son, had watched our program for years. Boy, I want to honor that man of God. I wish he were still with us because I'm telling you, David Wilkerson will give you a rebuke and he'll tell the country to get down on their knees and pray and seek God, not just asking God for help, but turning from our wicked ways. And David would tell you, this is, this is what he would say. I know. He would say, we're in the judgment of God right now. And he would tell you why. But we don't have him with us, but we have the same Holy Spirit that was with David Wilkerson with us. But Brother Wilkerson had a vision years ago. And I've talked about this uh, several years ago in one of our conferences. And 
He saw in this vision New York, and he saw a thousand fires in New York. Now, when I saw this picture, because this picture has been put away for years, but when I saw it, the the vision of David Wilkerson came back to me, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, is this the same thing that he saw, but it will be more than one city? And he said it had to do with people not getting their assistance from the government and uh, fighting over food. Now, folks, let me tell you, I'm, we live in a county with 100,000 people in this beautiful county of Bradley County, maybe a little bit more than that, and uh, 380 churches, and people pretty much take care of each other. So if you're going to break in somebody's house here, the neighbor's going to see it, and you're going to be in trouble from the neighbor because we protect each other. And I feel that way about Bradley County, and not just Bradley County, but West Virginia, Kentucky, a lot of these small towns. Uh, people, people will protect their neighbor, and that's good. But in the city... You know that in cities, it's just like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham, Abraham went to Beersheba, had a famine. Isaac redug the wells and sowed in famine and got a hundredfold return. The Philistines were suffering down in Gaza. And Sodom and Gomorrah, four cities were destroyed. That's interesting. I just thought about this. There were five, wow, five cities of the plain. Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zebo, even Zoar. And Zoar was a little city and it was spared from the judgment, all right? So... In cities, people don't have the patience that maybe they do in a rural area. And I'm not saying everybody in a rural area has patience either, but they seem to have more. It's a, it's a, it's a slower life. It's not a fast-paced life. It's not traffic all over the place. It's not people on top of people. And then, uh, then uh, they tend to take care of their neighbor, and they tend to have the ability of storing more. People in New York, according to Fox News a year ago, only have enough food supplies for about three days because trucks deliver the food to the people. And um, years ago in Baton Rouge, uh, I'm sorry, I was standing on the coast of Louisiana and I saw an oil rig, just something happened to a rig and I saw a tornado of oil start spinning on the water. And then after that, I, I see this next thing that begins to happen. And uh, there would, be, there would be five things affected. Now, here we go with the number five again. Five tornadoes on 9-11, five cities burning, five things affected. But in this uh, vision, I went from, to, from one thing to the next to the next, okay? And it started with a truck. And we have this in a drawing, by the way, that's several years old. It's a truck where half of the truck is missing. And inside the truck is a mannequin with a dress like you see at the, a shop downtown. And there was, but the truck was empty. Okay, it's like nothing was being delivered. The truck was still there, but something had cut off the delivering uh, or maybe the shops were closed. See, I, I'm looking at this now thinking maybe that's what it means. Uh, I went from there into a mall and people were at the bottom of the steps of this escalator. Mall was empty. They were saying, you've got to help us. We're wounded. We're wounded. We're wounded. We've got to have help. And some people were actually had fake wounds on them just trying to get help and money anywhere they could, but they really didn't need it. But there were a couple others that needed it. Went to, the third one was a restaurant. Walked in a restaurant, it was full. Turned my head back this way. Saw a, actually saw a, a tornado blow through. I turned back, restaurant's totally empty. And I'm thinking to myself, what has happened? I mean, there's nobody there. Now I have a, in the vision, I have a minister friend that's with me the entire time and he lives in, the, happens to live in the state of Louisiana. And so then I go into uh, the city and uh, we're looking at a downtown city. It's not a big one, it's like a rural town. All the shops are closed, just totally closed. But five things were affected. And the thing we're dealing with now is with uh, even, even if it's a temporary shutdown of a week or two, three or four, or in cities that are shutting down, 
uh, if this goes on for a long time, all those things become affected. Now, folks, I'm going I'm to conclude with saying this. The way out of this problem is spiritual and not just political. God is able by his power to stop this thing supernaturally because he protected the Israelites from the death angel and the it's called the destroying angel in Exodus chapter 12. But he said, if my people, now everybody that's a Christian, you listen to me, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You need to get on your face before God and repent of your private sins, personal sins, pet sins, whatever you want to call it, and ask God to forgive you. And then call out the sins of the nation and you who believe, you know what they are, and beg God for mercy. Now, I know skeptics that mock that, but you know what? Mr. Skeptic will stand before God at the great white throne judgment and be separated from him for eternity because of his unbelief and his mockery toward God. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that shall he reap, the book of Galatians says. But prayer must, we, look, we can't just talk about prayer. With churches being closed, most ministers are going to have to go to the internet. But even if they do a, you know, a complete closure of, of cities, they may have to stay home and not even have access to that. We don't know yet. We don't know. But let's pray right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, You've already told us all through the prophets and the apocalyptic book of Revelation that these times would come. Now, Lord, I believe it's a birth pain. I really do. I believe it's a third trimester birth pain, and it's a real one. It's not a fake birth pain like Y2K was a fake birth pain. People thought it was, but it wasn't. This is not, there's nothing fake about this. This is the real deal. And we ask you, Lord, first of all, to protect our families and our children and our people, all the people that have a covenant with you. Lord, let no symptoms stick with them. Let no virus remain on them. Let them either protect them from it, God, or give them complete, total healing and victory through it. And we ask you, God, to do this as a sign to this world that you are with your people. Praise God, I felt that. Lord, in Jesus' name, we repent of all the sins, all of our sins, the sins of family, the sins of the people, the sins within the church, the sins of the nation. We just repent of that right now, Lord. And we ask you in Jesus' name, to give us mercy and grace and extended grace for this reason, to get the gospel preached and get people's lives changed and get them touched. And Lord, you said the gospel is going to go around the world and it is right now through the internet. This is the way you've chosen. And the internet numbers are up across the board into the millions and hundreds of thousands of people. And God, this might just be the way that they won't come to church and they refuse to come to church. So now... We'll take the message to them, and so will the other pastors. Please touch those who are in fear and realize that perfect love casteth out fear to give them a revelation of the love of God for them. And Lord, keep our mind and heart, for in our patience we possess our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we will be using the Internet quite extensively, and for partners, they're now setting up. This is not my laptop. I just looked over here like it was. I have a laptop about this size. Now, partners... Uh, Tiffany will be having a baby and she's going to be out six weeks or seven weeks or so. But what I'm going to do is Denver, our, our tech guy, is hooking me up to be able to go live with you on the partners page or post videos on the partners page. So if we have, if this continues, I won't always do things on YouTube. I'll do it to the partner. Someone says, well, why don't you do it for everybody? Let me, let me explain why. The partners know me. They know the ministry. They trust what I'm saying. If I go on social media, the people who don't know me, all I do is get criticism, and I'm not going to have God mocked, 
And I'm not going to have the Holy Spirit mocked, okay? But I'll give you as much as I am released by the Holy Spirit to give and, of course, be praying for you during our prayer time and our Thursday prayer, even if it's me showing up and everybody else has to stay. If I can get here with, with one person, I'll go live on live stream and pray every Thursday night from 6 to about 7. And uh, our dedication of our building may be delayed. I don't know yet. But if not, on April the 2nd, we will dedicate the World Prayer Center as well. So keep the faith. The old friend of mine said, keep your chin up, keep your chin up. And, but most of all, keep the faith. And this is going to be a long journey. It's going to be a, a fiery trial. It's going to be a long trial. But get in the Word. Y'all, that's got, if you've got my Bible commentary, like this Old Testament one, you can spend a year reading it. So in other words, get in the Word. Just that's, This is a good time to sit down and just get the Word in your spirit, okay? Thank you for joining me. Partners, we love you. Friends of our ministry that are not partners, we love you as well and appreciate your kind remarks toward us as we're trying to obey God and share with you what we feel like the Lord has showed us. We will come through this and God will move one more time to send that great outpouring that he spoke about. God bless you. Are you looking for a good quality used car but don't want to pay an arm and a leg? Well, come into Rainy Used Cars. We have the largest selection in the Southeast. Whether you want a pickup or a quality SUV for mom, you'll find a variety of vehicles to choose from. We even finance. So come in today. You'll find a Rainy Used Cars located near you. Again, thanks for listening. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a like. We welcome any comments you may have as well as suggestions or recommendations for future stories. We ask you to subscribe so that you'll be notified of any future episodes. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.